John 16, chapter 1. These things have I spoken unto you, that you should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father, nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go on my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me whether thou goest. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. You may be seated. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be in the house of God. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And Lord, we're just, we're totally dependent upon you at this point in time. Lord, give me words to speak. Give me a heart to, to, to share forth out of your heart. God, without your anointing, I am nothing. I am nothing, Lord. So Lord, we need you right now to guide and direct us in everything we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 As you know, uh, we started and we've been kind of going through each chapter. Uh, we cannot go into great detail, of course, because we've only got two more weeks till Easter. But uh, in John 16, of course, we know that uh, he gave us a new commandment in, in 13. 14 is the, is the promise of, uh, he talks about the spirit a great deal. He uh, talks about uh, being one with the Father. Uh, John 15 is talking about how to bear fruit and be a fruit bearer. Amen. And, of course, he promises us several promises. He makes it peace, the Spirit, joy. Amen. Amen. And he continually speaks of peace, that he will give them peace. And we know that they're fixing to go through the greatest trial that they will have been through yet. And... Uh, he is his telling says, you can't bear it right now. And uh, as we look at this chapter, we see that, once again, he's, he's re-emphasizing some things, and he's also bringing some other things to light. But the thing I want us to begin with this morning is, is in verse chapter 1. It says, you should not be offended. Oh, my. You should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh. That whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. In other words, the religious people of the day are so deceived, so deceived, and so dead against Jesus Christ being the Messiah that they're going to, they're going to, we, we know they were martyred, they were killed for Christ. And he said, don't be offended when they run you down, when they whip you, when they beat you, when they talk about you and mock you. And tell how wrong you are. Call you ignorant. So don't be offended. Don't be offended. Even when they claim to be doing it for the Lord. Don't be offended. I think today we need to realize we don't need to be offended because the world speaks against us. We don't need to be offended because the world runs us down. They call us cruel and evil and, and one-sided and narrow-visioned and tunnel-minded simply because we believe that Jesus Christ is the only way, truth, and life, the only way to the Father, the only way to heaven, the only way to receive sin is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And because of that, we are beaten down and trodden. 
Yeah. Bottom line is if the world loves you, then there might be something wrong. That's right. Yeah. Because in John 15, I believe it was, it says the world hates us. The world hated Jesus. And he said, they will hate you. <coughs> and the religious people are part of the world, not the church. In 1 Timothy, chapter 4, verse 1, it said, Now the Spirit speaketh especially that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. In other words, they have done wrong so long that their consciences are, are waning. It doesn't matter what they do. We see that in Laodicea. They are, they are lukewarm. Yes. They are indifferent. So be it. Whatever happens, let it be. Like, a, you know, the popular word today is whatever. How many times your kids tell them, whatever, Mom, whatever, Dad, whatever, Papa. Well, unfortunately, that is the attitude that we're seeing in the church today. Homosexuality, whatever, it don't matter. God loves us. Whatever this, whatever that. Well, it's time to church right now. said, no, it's Jesus' name. It's his way. Not whatever, what will, what won't, but it's Jesus' way. Yes. Hallelujah. Give him praise in this house. So we must never succumb to a whatever attitude. We know that it's going to be difficult to try. But can I tell you right now this morning that Jesus died for us. That we might have the Spirit of God come within us and guide and direct us into all that he's done. And he repeatedly reminds his disciples of that before he is arrested. Yeah. Let's go on. Verse 6 says, But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. In other words, he's telling them that he's going back to the Father. And of course, they are sorrowful because he's leaving them. They don't totally understand everything that's going on, but he's finally making it plain to them that he is going to be gone. And they have a reason to be sorrowful. Because for Christ to go back home, he has to, he has to die on the cross. He has to suffer death. He has to carry the burden of every sin that's ever been created, amen, never been done. Are you hearing me, amen? Christ had to do this, amen, to go on to be with his Father again. Because he had to complete the passion that he's given. I don't know what God has called you to do. I know sometimes what he's called me to do. I said sometimes. But I do know this, amen, that there is going to be a trial. There's going to be a cross that you carry. There's going to be things that you have to deny. You're going to have to live it like Jesus lived it, like Peter lived it, like Paul lived it, like, like Thomas lived it. All that was willing to yield everything that they are, they had to live it for Jesus Christ, amen, not for themselves. And not be offended because people thought they were ignorant to God. So you're going to have to cross the Jordan, that's what I'm going to say. Yes, Lord, thank you, Jesus. To make it to where God wants you to be. You're wanting the peace of God. You're wanting the joy of God. You're wanting the comfort of the Holy Ghost, amen. 
If you want those things, be willing to face the things of the world, amen, so you can walk in those instead of the, the hardships of the world. So let's go on. Verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Is it expedient for you that I go away? For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. In other words, Jesus in the flesh will be gone. But his spirit will be there with them forever. He's with us forever. In other words, Jesus is the Savior for men, but the Holy Ghost is the power for the church. My, my, my. So it says here, and when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe on not on me. In other words, the sin all begins with one thing. The rejection of Christ. Amen. Say, well, I don't reject him. Well, if you're rejecting his word, you're rejecting Christ. Amen. And the Spirit will show you what is correct and what isn't and how to guide, guide you into what this thing is telling you. And if we reject that, we are rejecting Jesus himself. Hallelujah. In other words, you're speaking out of both sides of your mouth. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Hallelujah. In other words, when when Christ ascended and took his place at the right hand of the Father, it was finished. Hallelujah. The work of redemption was done. Hallelujah. Amen. It was complete. Glory to God. Our salvation was there for the asking. Amen. Oh, I'm here to tell you right now. You see, that's what the Spirit does. It reproves of sin. Oh my goodness, oh my, of righteousness. Because he has gone to the Father. It is complete, it is done. Of judgment, because the, verse 11, the prince of this world is judged. You see, at Calvary, when Jesus was on that cross, come on now, when Jesus was on that cross, amen, the devil was judged. I said the devil was judged. He was judged, he was defeated, and he's going to find his place in hell and chains, amen, and uh, and we don't want to follow him where he's going, amen. How many want to follow somebody that's lost, amen? How many want to follow somebody that's going someplace you don't want to go? Come on, I don't know about you, but I want to follow somebody that's going to lead me to someplace I want to go more than any place else. I want to follow somebody that knows what they're doing and where they're going, amen, that can help me go that way, hallelujah. That's what he's telling them today. Verse 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore say I that he, that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about the New Testament. Amen. He's not just talking about 
uh, visions and signs and wonders and prophetic sayings, which are going to happen. Amen. But he's talking about the New Testament. The Word of God is going to go forth and going to guide the Spirit will guide and direct us into understanding of what Paul and Peter and Tim Timothy and all of these they, they, we speak of. Are you with me? Yes. And so he, he says, and listen to what he says the Spirit is going to do. He, he's going to guide us into all truth. And he's going to glorify God. You see, we have an example set up here. Is what we say and what we do glorify God? Come on. Does it really glorify the Father? Because what the Spirit hears from, from the Lord, He is going to speak to us, and what He speaks to us is going to glorify the Father. Amen. And when we speak the words of Christ and do the works of Christ, amen, it glorifies the Father. Hallelujah. So I ask, amen, are we speaking the words that are given to us, or are we speaking our own? Are we speaking another man's? Are we speaking the world's? Are we speaking, what are we speaking? Is it glorifying God? Hallelujah. Is our work glorifying him. Yes. Because if they're not, we're not walking in the Spirit. Amen. We're not walking in the Spirit. If they're not. Verse 16. And a little while we, and you shall not see me, and a little while you shall see me, because I go to the Father. Once again, redemption is done. And he goes on, and, and, and of course, that, they're wondering, says, well, what, what's this mean? What this mean? And verse 20, it says, Verily, I say unto you that you shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and you shall be sorrowful, for your sorrow shall be turned into joy. Yes, thank you. Yes, Hallelujah. In other words, the way they look at what happened at the cross is going to change. The way they look at the cross is going to change. Are you, amen? Come on now. It, it, it looked like a sorrowful thing, a strange way to, to bring life, for death to bring life. That just doesn't make sense. It's totally opposite of what the world would do. It's the opposite of what we would do. But that's the way God set it up. Why? Because there had to be a sacrifice for the sins of man. Hallelujah. There had to be bloodshed that our sins could be covered and washed away. And not just covered, but thrown away. Hallelujah. To be remembered no more. Hallelujah. I believe for the for three hours on that cross that Jesus had to suffer them alone without the without God being with him. He had to take those sins upon us. Hallelujah. Every sin that man has ever committed. Oh, from, from, from Adam until the time of the rapture and into the tribulation. He had to bear those and carry those for us so that we could have the, the truth to be free to make heaven our home. Hallelujah. And he did it. Yes, he did. And he called it the joy of his passion. Yes, The joy of his passion. Verse 22. And ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. This is quite a saying. And if you follow... Peter and John and the disciples throughout the New Testament and after Christ has ascended and after the day of Pentecost and they begin to do the works and speak the words of Christ themselves. 
and they get thrown into jail and they, and they go through this suffering that Christ told them they would go through. They would be hated. But yet we see that they keep their joy. Hallelujah. And even when they're beaten, they, 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 they praise God for being found worthy. And it says they rejoice for being found worthy to suffer for Christ. Hallelujah. Yes. My goodness, are we... What makes us quit? What makes us so angry we want to walk out the door? What makes us so angry we, we just want to walk away from things? Or hurts our feelings so bad that we, we can't carry on for what Christ wants us to do? There should be nothing. There should be nothing. But we have watered it down so much that we think that we can do it our way, the way we want to, where we want to, when we want to, how we want to. But it has to be God's way. Yeah. It ever did it. Yeah. Yeah. And if a preacher tells you that, you get mad and go home. Oh, and I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about you. You know, people talk about nobody preaches on sin no more. Nobody preaches about hell no more. And we should preach about sin. We should preach about hell. But can I tell you something? If we would ever get it right in the spirit, amen. Well, oh, hallelujah, if you walk in the spirit, come on now, you'll still be tempted, you'll still be tried, you'll still have persecutions, you'll still have suffering. But if you're truly walking in the spirit and hearing what it has to say to you, amen, and speaking it and doing it, all the suffering and the things you that will face will be because you love Jesus and are being obedient to him instead of your own problems and situations coming from what you are doing. Hallelujah. Yeah, come on. And there is a difference. There is a difference. Yes, Lord. Verse 27. For the Father himself loveth you because ye have loved me and have believed that I came out from the Father. If there's no other reason to walk in the Spirit, and be obedient to God. This is should be reason enough. Yes. For the Father himself loveth you because you have loved me. And believed that I came out of God. I came forth from the Father and I am coming to the world again. I leave the world and go to the Father. God loves us. God loves us. God loves us. And of course, Jesus is trying to explain to him what he's talking about. Verse 29, his disciples said, his disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. How are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee? By this we believe, and thou camest from God. Jesus said, do you now believe? Do you now believe? 
Behold, the hour cometh, yea, now is now come, that we should be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Oh my. You know, in other words, the, the apostles, the disciples that are telling us, hey, he said, I understand. I said, hey, we now believe. We believe. Amen. Yeah. Jesus says, do you? Do you? Do you now believe? Because when the time comes, you're going to run like a, with a dog, like a dog with its tail between its legs. You're going to run. You're going to hide. You see, Jesus knew what was going to happen. Jesus wasn't killed. He gave up his life to you. He gave himself as a sacrifice for all of mankind. He knew. He knew. And yes, I probably preached hard at you this morning that we must be diligent to keep our, keep on the firing line, as the old song. Put our shoulder to the wheel. Be dedicated. Be determined. But because we have this Holy Spirit in this frail body, in the, in the weakness of this flesh, he sent the Spirit back because he knew our humanity was weak. He knew that we could not walk this by ourselves. And he is repeatedly reminding his disciples in these four chapters, amen, the day before he is to be arrested, he is reminding them repeatedly, I'm sending you a help just like I was a help with you. Amen. He's telling them that. And he repeatedly says, no matter what happens, I have given you peace. I have given you my joy. Not just some joy. I've given you my joy. And those are all through because they have faith and they believe that he is the Messiah and that because he's the Messiah, he has overcome everything and he is coming down and sending he is going to send the Spirit. He is going to send it. But then fear will hit us. Discouragement will hit us. Dismay. Oh, we are, we are admonished by the Bible over 300 times to not fear. But fear hits us. Everyone here knows what I'm talking about. We are hit with illness or sickness or an injury, an accident. Fear hits us. When somebody, our loved one, goes off and does something wrong, fear hits us for them. When we see them walking down the road, fear hits us for them. And they are faced with fear. They scattered. So how do we overcome? How do we overcome this fear? How do we overcome the temptation of sin? How do we overcome that all of our humanity is so susceptible to? How can we overcome our own mind, our own intellect, our own feelings, our own desires? How can we overcome them, our own weaknesses? How can we overcome them? Yes. Well, I got an answer for you. Yes. In verse 33. 
These things have I spoken unto you. He spoke and he said, look, you're going to be hated. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be tried. You're going to scatter. You're going to be afraid. But he says, once again, I have told you these things. That in me, say it, in me, you might have peace. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you this morning that in Jesus, you can have peace. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't care what's going on in your life. You can have peace. Amen. You can cry. You can cry. You can run. But if you're in Jesus, amen, you can have peace. Why can you have peace? Because, and he shoots a plane. In the world, you'll have tribulation. As long as you're serving the Lord, the world is going to give you the devil. In more ways than one. You're going to have tribulations. You're going to have trials. Unless you're taken up, unless the rapture comes before you die, you're going to face death. We face sicknesses and disease. We face bondages from our own making and from the makings of others. Why would he give us the, he gave us healing for sicknesses. He gave us joy to help us overcome our depression. He gave us peace to have comfort in the time of loss and tragedy. And that's what he's saying. In this, in the world, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Come on. Be of good cheer. Is there anybody in here that is of good cheer? Why? Because he's you and him and he's in you. And because of that, we can be of good cheer. Because we are part of the one that overcome the world. We overcome the world. Hallelujah. See, he's preparing them for the greatest trial they'll have. He's preparing them for a change in their life from walking with him in the flesh to walking with him by faith. They must make the change from trusting in what they can see, feel, hear, and touch. And to trusting into, by faith that what they seen and felt, hear, and touch is still with them. So they had to learn to walk as we walk today. And they made that change. Yes, they scattered. Jesus makes a plain in that last verse. He's not going to leave them. He's not going to forsake them. Despite their humanity. Despite their fear. Lo, I'm with you always. What more can we ask of him? In his presence. In his presence. I said in his presence. Amen. In his presence, people are healed. 
Hallelujah. In his presence, people are saved. In his presence, addicts are delivered. Hallelujah. In his presence, fear is overcome. In his presence, amen, we have strength when we are weak. Amen. In his presence, all things are possible, even the impossible. Oh, in his presence, it's all there. Amen. Why? Because he has overcome the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Can I, can I just read you a verse here? Yes. Thank you, Lord. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made an open show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. It always comes back to Jesus Christ and him crucified. He blotted out all that was against you, all that was against me. And he took it out of the way and he nailed it to his cross. Did you ever stop to think that 2,000 years before you were born, he took your sin and nailed it to the cross. He took your sin and he nailed it to the cross. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. We're trying to figure out everything else, but if we'll have faith in that act upon the cross, amen, we know because of that happening, if the veil was written to, we had access to God by the Holy Ghost and our faith. Come on now. Amen. And because of that, it was all gone, and we have all power because the devil made an open show. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. So we can live in peace. Don't look for peace out there. Your peace is here. Your peace is here. Your joy is here. I keep telling you that's not what happens on the outside. That can destroy us. It's here. It's here. Jesus is wanting his disciples to know on this last day, on this last day, that the time has come for him to go. Basically, what I say, I'm sending the Holy Spirit back to indwell and fill you so you can carry on what I have begun. Until the time has come, the devil receives his reward. And whatever we face, whatever we must overcome, know that he is with us. And he will strengthen us and encourage us. Amen. In the midst of our worst trials and worst suffering, Jesus is there. And he knows what you're going through, and he knows what you feel. Because he has gone through it too. Yeah.